Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network. I am your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. Hopefully, everyone is having a great week, having a great weekend, or whatever you're doing at this moment, playing video games, eating food, uh, working, chilling, doing whatever. Everybody, it has finally, finally happened. I'm so glad to have this special guest. I'm so hyped and I'm so giddy. I, I, I'm just ecstatic to always work with this man to talk with them. He is the founder of the Digital Nerd Advocate, Digital Nerds Advocate, uh, DNA Network, though, the network that I'm part of also. He is my second boss. Um, everybody, please welcome Corey Derrick. Hello, Corey. Hey Ed, I'm glad. I'm glad to finally be here. Yay! I'm so happy that you finally. I'm excited. Ah. <laughs> um, on this episode, everybody, finally, we're going to be talking about destiny. Um, um, in a couple in past episodes, uh, I've been talking about getting Corey on, and I've been talking about having my re- revealing my feelings about destiny, and I said that I was going to do forty days of destiny, which you can also read on the DNA Network dot net, um, and just catch up on my thoughts and feelings about that game. So we both finished the game, and you have. Started Destiny when it first came out. And just to give everybody a little history about Destiny. Um, it is from the makers of Bungie who made, who made Halo 1, Halo, uh, uh, 1, 2, and 3 for the Xbox and Xbox 360. Um, Destiny came out on September 9th, 2014 for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. And everybody was hyped for this game. And when reviews finally came out, they gave it very average. And I know you call it the, uh, Corey, uh, Vanilla Destiny. And you finished every, like pretty much everything, the raids, the camp, all the DLC, the campaign. Um, I finished up to the Tekken King. That's where I ended at. I didn't get the last DLC. So I want to know your feelings on how you got into Destiny when you first started. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, so, so. Oh, but you know what? I'm sorry. Hold on. Can you give us a little bit of background of you to let my listeners know uh, who you are, where DNA came from, and maybe some of your gaming experiences? Oh, boy. Okay, so DNA was a project that I had been stirring up for a long time. I didn't know what to name it. I didn't know who to get to be with me. I just was like, I started listening to podcasts and, and, you know, reading a bunch of stuff on gaming websites as we all probably do, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, you know, I know everybody's doing this, but I, I want to do this because I feel like me and a couple of my friends could really add something to this world of, of, you know, like that this world of gaming and we wanted to add a positive spin to it. We wanted to add a way to have a constructive conversation about things that we felt negative on, uh, instead of going to these websites and finding, you know, YouTube comments or web website comments that are just negative and people being trolls and, and just being so negative. And we wanted to have a space where, People could be positive about things, have constructive conversations in our Facebook groups and, and, you know, just 
some somewhere where people could be positive about games that they love and have a constructive conversation about games that maybe they don't love so much or issues that they are having right now in the world of gaming. So it started out as just me writing a blog. I called it, I called it the D pad because my last name starts with D and it was a clever play on the D pad that Nintendo so famously invented. And I thought it was clever. And then I figured out that so many people use that and I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm not as clever (laughs) as I thought. So uh, but I kept it that way for a, a, probably four or five months. I wrote a blog. I tried some audio uh, for a little bit. And some of the things I was experimenting on learning how to do podcasts and capturing audio and stuff, because I had no previous experience doing any of this stuff. And the guys from life of gaming, James and Josh, I mean, I know you're a, uh, good friends with josh brandt yes we actually (laughs) actually played overwatch together last night oh that's awesome yeah it was weird because we like we weren't really playing together but in the matchmaking they paired him on our team it was just it was like this weird like just cross connect but they were nice enough to they found my blog and they were nice enough to invite me on their show and that was my very first podcast uh life of gaming podcast episode three I do not recommend you listen to my portion of that episode because I had no idea how to podcast. I did not know these people and I was very nervous and very just blah. So (laughs) then, you know, we all had this idea, like what if we made this super group uh, and uh, you know, them and a couple other people and the person I was doing DNA or D pad with at the time we were planning a podcast uh, we're designing this, you know, quote, super group, and we would all have our own sections of the website, and we would all have, you know, written and videos and podcasts and stuff. That plan fell apart, and I was, I was kind of stuck with the DNA name and the website, and I was alone <laughs> again. <laughs> so. Uh, but you know, the James from life of gaming is actually the person that came up with the DNA digital nerd advocates, um, gaming's in our DNA slogan. And like, you know, he deserves all that credit and, you know, we, we've remained in contact and friends for a while now. Uh, you know, we still need to get him on, on pow block cause he's a huge Nintendo yes. fan. And, uh, you know, so uh, those guys are great. You know, Josh is great. He's uh, amazing. He's, I, he's I love those guys so much, and I'm glad that they started Life of Gaming podcast again because they took a little hiatus because they were busy with work and, and life. You know, they have families, and Josh has kids, and it's. Uh, I'm glad they started that up again. And Josh has been doing stuff for PlayStation enthusiasts, which I think is great. You know, his reviews have always been stellar. Uh, you know, he's they're just they're good people, and you know. Yeah, Josh, uh, uh, Josh went on the show, I think twice, uh, and he is, no, three times, and he is just amazing. I love him so much. Like, he just so fun to talk with. I know me and him are going to have a discussion about Resident Evil 7 in the coming weeks. So he's doing the PSVR and I'm doing the Xbox one, and we're going to have a good, good discussion about that. So do everybody check that out. Um, but go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry. 
Uh, yeah. So uh, me and uh, this one other guy were doing. We started our own podcast. We were like, you know what? Let's take this DNA name. Let's run with it. Uh, I was kind of down at first because it was like this thing that we had been planning for a couple months. And then once it, when, you know, when you're excited for something and, you know, plans don't go through and they fall apart, you kind of get a little down. And, and, you know, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, like was super supportive. She's like, you should just keep going, keep doing it. Like, this is something you're passionate about. You should do it. And then we decided to start a podcast and, you know, the crew and who I've been working with uh, throughout the years has evolved a little bit since then. Uh, but the idea has grown into, you know, there's <laughs> there's over 600 members in our Facebook group. Our podcast gets downloaded, you know, NGR Radio uh, gets downloaded, you know, a lot every week. Uh, you know, Matt's been a great co-host. You've been an awesome contributor, obviously, you know, Brian and Joey, who I do gamer FM with, uh, and some let's plays. And, you know, we have a couple projects in the works. Like it went from one little blog and an idea for a podcast to, you know, pal block gamer fm mgr radio dual shocks you know uh real talk which is a movie podcast that uh we started and and are bringing back in a couple weeks uh fresh with uh you know me and cameron are gonna do that and my wife and and we've got like we've got a lot in in the works and like this one little idea has grown into this crazy thing to the point where like I don't, I like, it's hard to keep up with, but it's everything that I've wanted to do for a long time. And it's not only that, it's the people you meet, you know, team, team nerds, Kyle, Kyle wait. And, you know, the Todd Oxtra from secret friends unite. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Matt's been a rock from platinum achievement podcast. Uh, you know, now NGR radio co-host, he's been like, you know, we always make fun of him and, and, and (laughs) stuff, but you know, he's been the, (laughs) he's, kind of what's held this idea together for a, for a lot of times where I've been down on not just myself, but like, do I really want to keep going with DNA and this roller coaster and like, you know, and doing power block with you every, every couple of days has been like just amazing. So we can nerd out about Nintendo because we're both huge Nintendo fans. Yes. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's crazy. But like when DNA really started, which I'm tying it back into our, our main topic of this show, uh-huh. which is destiny, like DNA really started taking off when me and Brian started DNA weekly strike, which was, which was our old destiny podcast. There's 50 episodes of that show. Uh, it's on hiatus right now because there's not really any big destiny news right now. And, uh, you know, it'll come back eventually and whatever, but, you know, DNA, it kind of grew off the back of destiny's popularity. And that's kind of partially why I stuck with it for so long. That's, you know, partially why I love and hate destiny at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, Uh, and, uh, a little bit of my part, um, because we met on Nintendo voice chat on the forum. Right. Like we didn't even know each other, and so 
uh, with you invited me to like your, your page, the DNA page. And I did. And I was just like, okay, these guys are cool. They got a lot of content, you know, and I was posting like questions and comments and discussions and stuff like that. And just, uh, out the blue, um, I think the first time we talked or even podcast was, was it NGR that we first podcast on? Yeah, we, uh, were you on our E3 episode, that very first episode? I think um, it was you. It might have been. It was, either, it was either that initial episode or the one right after. It might because have I remember been. we talked a lot about E3 stuff. Okay, yeah, because Optional Opinion was out. And I think I was posting it on uh, DNA, and I think you knew about it. I, and I was still, even though, because uh, by the time you started, I was still going with... Uh, with optional opinion at times i was taking breaks and um the audio equipment and the sound wasn't still we're still getting the hang of it and you know just like you not knowing how the podcast and stuff i didn't know but i was just like for a one-man show i i just got to do what i do you know i got to talk and come up with topics and research and I think ever since we podcast together and we talk, we have always stayed in contact. Then you asked me to be a part of DNA and I gladly, you know, was willingly to accept because you personally was doing so much work, so much great content. And I was just like, with kind of with my other friends and stuff, we kind of took a hiatus and, you know, not saying that things didn't work out, but you know, like with life, things just get busy and everything has changed. Um, I have more time to work with other people. So working with you has just like, it, it just, it makes me happy, you know, to talk about Nintendo, Microsoft, Xbox, video games and stuff like that. So, um, I, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, I, I call you my boss cause I feel like I've been hired <laughs> to help. Uh, uh, but you know, it's, it's really a blessing to be asked to be a part of something because from going from me personally, from just writing blogs to doing my own a video, doing my blogs, doing a video podcast and doing my own podcast, you know, I feel like I've been able to meet so many people through those avenues and meet more people through DNA. Like I was able to meet Todd Oxtra, Josh Brent, um, Lee, uh, Becky, um, Ray, it, you know, from Phoenix Overdrive and Kyle from Teen Nerd and, you know, Life is Gaming and, and Secret Friends United and party and more podcasts that I'm learning more people of. Um, like through DNA, I was able to find that out. So once again, thank you. But getting well, on, to, you know, you know, okay. if we ever, if DNA ever makes it, you know, big, that you know, Ed, permanent spot right there oh, next to thank me. You, you know that you you know that you are probably, you know, you are the if you know Matt is the rock that held it together you are the glue that holds the rocks together you know you were like you've been such a huge part of you know what we've been doing and especially growing the nintendo side of things like we even started the pow block facebook group you know last yes. week and like uh it's you know i i can't thank you enough because you know first of all you're 
Your love for Nintendo inspires me to keep being positive about everything. Even if like your back's up against the wall <laughs> and you know you're fighting for something that's not happening, you know, but like right. it's just I I can't thank you enough for the help and the support that you've given me outside of helping me host Pal Block and being on NGR and all these other things that we're doing and writing for the website. You know, it's just you're the best man thank you thank you very much and everybody if you do check on dna network facebook page you will see some of my writings um you will see power block episodes um it's a great community i i advise you guys to join that's why when i do my plugs and i'll talk about dna and all the shows and what they've been doing because i want to get the word out because i'm like it's a very positive community you can meet a lot of new people um even if you feel like you're not uh, like very social with stuff if you come and talk to us we'll talk back and we'll be very generous we'll be very nice now we might have some disagree disagree points and stuff but there's all always love for us even you know i mean not love for us there's love from us to you guys so if you come and join you know get ready for some great content get ready for some great discussions and just be ready to know that your your opinion really matters because you know of course video games are in our dna dna because we love it but you know, I, I feel like our opinions matter to each other because it, it's just like you know having a voice about something just shows that you have a passion about something which leads into our discussion of destiny <laughs> yeah. now um i brought cory on because he's very very experienced about destiny like he knows the insides out he he put hours and hours upon hours weeks year <laughs> into this game and I dissed Destiny. And I dissed it because of, you know, it was the popular thing with a lot of people, but I didn't see no interest in it. And, uh, definitely when it came out, it had a lot of problems. Um, definitely with some of the DLC, people were fighting, uh, fighting, uh, bugs in it and using it to their, uh, to their advantage to, uh, act, uh, so Bunchy had to patch it. But, uh, let's start at the beginning on once again. Like, how did you get into Destiny? Like, how was you feeling about it? Uh, so when I first started playing Destiny, I got it on day one. And, uh, I started playing it and it was, it was, uh, it was a strange thing because I was excited. Uh, because I was sold on the fact that it's from the makers of the original Halo trilogy, and uh, you know it was going to be a loot-based game, and I thought you know this abandoned world similar to to Fallout with a loot-based system like Borderlands made by the people that made Halo, this game's probably going to be pretty good. I should probably pick this up and play it, and I played maybe. T- 10 hours of it i played through the campaign wasn't really feeling the the borderlands thing i was like there's this isn't really like borderlands where every five seconds you pick up a gun and it doesn't matter if it's better or worse than the one you get you're getting something and that's what you like about loose base games uh 
and I got to the the way the original light level worked was you leveled up to level twenty based on experience, and then uh, after that you leveled up based on what equipment you picked up. Uh, I played it for about three weeks after launch, after I hit level twenty, and I could not find any way to level up, and it was frustrating me. So I put it down. I put Destiny down until uh, House of Wolves came out. And that's when uh, Brian and I decided to start the Destiny podcast, DNA Weekly Strike. And uh, we started that show, and we got back into Destiny. And it started out as I'm a kind of I'm not a new player to Destiny, but I don't really understand the mechanics of Destiny. At this point, Destiny was the only game he was playing. He's yeah. skipped Call of Duty for the first time in since you know Modern Warfare uh, came out. He skipped all these other games that he would have usually picked up because he was so invested in Destiny. He knew the ins and outs of PvP weapons and PvE weapons and the raids and uh, all these other things. And uh, you know, we started this show, and he this became the Corey's learning session of Destiny. I got back into it. The le- they changed a lot of things. They changed a little bit about the leveling system. Uh, it was easier to level up. Uh, the weapons were... I don't want to say easier to find, but there was ways to find the weapons that you couldn't find before. Uh, you know, He took me through my first raids. He, we did Prison of Elders, and then the Moments of Triumph came out, and we that's when I really started getting into it. It was like they gave you this checklist of things you needed to complete in order to get you know, the special in-game item, uh, which ended up just being a banner and nobody ever used afterwards anyway. But it was just this <laughs> it was just this thing that people thought they needed to do. And, you know, I, I caught that bug. And ever since then, I've pl- been playing, I've played Destiny hardcore ever since House of Wolves. And, uh, you know, you learn the ins and outs. You learn what weapons work where. And, like, you learn to play to a style you don't think you would ever play. Like, I'm going to use this example uh, and uh, an assault rifle. I like assault rifles. I played through the campaign. I like finding the best assault rifles for PVE, but you learn that if you want to play competitive assault rifles, you don't use assault rifles unless, you know, it has this very specific stat role. And then you have the weapon customization bubbles at the bottom and they need very specific roles. And it's very, it's all very random it's all very uh, tedious work to the point where you need to play every day, three, four, five hours a day, and that's what I was doing. And it was rough. <laughs> uh, you know, it's for better or worse. I probably have a thousand hours in Destiny. Uh, it's I, I. It was. It's just the thing that you know we were all playing at the time, and I like playing games with my friends, and that was the game we were all playing, and. I missed a lot of games playing Destiny, you know? Yeah, when she, the take when the Taken King came out. Oh go ahead. When the Taken King came out, I missed every single game that year until uh Halo five. Wow. I didn't play anything other than Destiny from like September twentieth to my birthday, which is when I got Halo Five. Wow. Okay. Like late November. <laughs> so this is my thing about it, because you brought up the assault rifles. 
And I kind of like the um uh the revolver, like uh, it felt that I I don't know the name of it, but it it felt like the a revolver. Cannons. Yeah. Uh, because they were powerful. Um and I I gotta say that the guns did felt like like air. Like they didn't do nothing. Like they didn't do no kind of damage because it was just like I could have, I could be up to level, and I could have the most powerful weapon, and the enemies were still taking a chunk of my energy off. And even when I, even with my stats being high, with my equipment being high, it it, just, it, it felt like it didn't matter that you know. If I get shot three or five times, I gotta run and hide to let my energy charge back. So, I had a problem, a big, huge problem with the weapons and with the with the equipment. It was just like, where is the balance in there? Like, I know you've been playing; you have other people playing with you, so that might like the difference, not in the difficulty, but you know, you probably didn't take as many shots as. Um, you play with other people because you know while they're shooting at you your friend could be shooting at them and kill them easier so not much energy is getting taken off yeah and the the thing with with destiny is like that's like the huge thing we've always talked about used to always talk about on weekly strike was weapon balancing is a huge issue and balancing between pvp and pve is a huge issue and then that's where like the split of weapons comes you have like the weapons that you need to use for for pve and then the weapons you need to use for multiplayer and you know keeping track of all that and like it's really tough to do as like someone who wants to play more than just one game and uh you know they had that huge hand cannon issue for a long time they had the the ghost bullet issue where like your gun would shoot but the bullet like wouldn't register in the game and like it wouldn't hit an enemy. Like that was a big problem that they were having for a long time and they couldn't figure out what the problem was. So people stopped using hand cannons. Uh, the assault rifle thing, they nerfed assault rifles to the point where you couldn't even use them in PV PVE because they were so, uh, they didn't do enough damage, you know? So, uh, it, it it's just the balancing for that game is kind of, I don't really know how to describe the balancing issues that game has because there's so many, but when you have two or 300 guns that you need to balance, like that, that becomes an issue. And that's kind of like my biggest issue with the game is, uh, you know, the, the weapons, there are so many that you could choose from, but everybody's using the same ones because these are the ones that work. And like, right. if you're not using these guns, these people have as, not only do they have a gameplay advantage over you if they're if they're anywhere near as good as you are at the game like you're you're toast if you're not using the same gun and that's that's my problem with the game is like yeah i love the pve stuff i love the raids the raids are so fun to play when you get six people together uh you know the the strikes are fine for upgrading like the repetitiveness other strikes gets a little tedious, which I wish they would add more strikes to the playlist. But you know, that's that's I'm not the game designer of the game. Uh, 
you know, the, the armor is cool, but you need specific armor for certain situations again. And there's another problem where once you beat the raid, everybody's wearing the raid armor because it's the best armor in the game. Uh, and if you're not wearing it and it has special perks on it, you, you're screwed. And, and that, that was cause that was one of the problems that I've, that I wrote in my blog was that it doesn't teach you anything. Like, like, I, I didn't know that I had to sell my equipment to get currency. It didn't say nothing about that. Um, like, it doesn't tell you anything about raids. It doesn't teach you anything about strikes. Like, it, it just feels like they throw you in the world and expect you to know this stuff. It's your debut game of a new franchise. We don't know none of this. Yeah. And, and like, uh, to your credit, uh, you know, they, there's not a huge tutorial section. Like, I think that first trip to the tower, I think that when they uh, put the Taken King out and changed a ton of things in the game, like they took out like five currencies and made them into one. Uh, not, the, not that there's not still a thousand currencies to play with the right. game and you don't know, like a casual player might walk in and have like uh, 25,000 Glimmer and like 30 strange coins and uh you know 45 legendary marks and like what where do you use this currency at which vendor and like what does glimmer actually do besides upgrade your weapons now and uh the strange coins you use to buy exotics from zur well who's zur and where does he where is he and like if you know like how do you even get glimmer like it it doesn't explain none of that like i thought that um because i guess the light you know the way that it looks or like when it says light you know for your for part of your currency i'm thinking that you know when i kill the enemy a white box jumps out so when i collect that white box that's my currency no that's ammo wait uh, why you made the ammo look like look white like like the details uh, and the explanations is just not there and i i that was one of my huge like problems now i'm gonna get to my second problem but go ahead Corey. oh uh and and you know they did a little bit better job of teaching you what a vendor does what when the taken king came out Mm -hmm. but i think they could do a little bit better job of teaching you Okay, the white boxes are for your primary. The green boxes are for your 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 special slot. Which, uh, you know, that's another thing I don't think the game does well is like, what if I want to use an assault rifle and a scout rifle instead of a shotgun and a sniper rifle? Like, I wish it did a better job of letting you use the weapons you really wanted to use instead mm-hmm. of placing like shotguns and sniper rifles go in your secondary slot only, and you know, scout rifles, auto rifles, and hand cannons go in your primary slot only. And, you know, rocket launchers are obviously heavy, but the, and that's fine. Uh, but I wish the secondary and primary slots were a little more uh, dynamic in, in letting you use what weapons you want. Because I would love to use an auto rifle and a scout rifle. Because I'm not great, I'm not good at all with sniper rifles. And shotguns are aren't very useful in PvE. So... Like, I'm kind of stuck using a primary weapon the whole time, and I would like to use two primary weapons. And, like, it doesn't teach you that, you know, the white boxes are for primary, green is for special, and purple is for uh, heavy. Like, there's, there should be something in the game that explains that to you. Uh, you know, they, they don't teach you which engrams 
you know, and, and this might all sound really silly to someone who's hardcore into destiny, but you know, Christmas just came around and somebody might've gotten the complete collection for Christmas and they're yeah. just starting out. Uh, you know, and every time I talk to somebody about destiny, I try to explain it to them the way I wish it was explained to me on day one when I purchased the game, because these are all questions that I had and they're the same questions that you have. And it's frustrating and it's really hard to get into a game that that's frust- It's that frustrating to learn. Yeah. I, I, well, um, let me get to my second frustrated thing. Um, it, the level design is, is terrible. Like I, I don't understand how, um, I start on, I, I'm on a planet and I'm at level one. Okay. That's fine. But then it keeps kicking me out of the planet. And for me to go back in, I gotta re, I gotta load it up again and stuff. And so I can get to the second mission, which is level two. And then at some point, like by the time I get to like level five, there's no level six level. They jumped in like to like level seven, like two whole levels. And it's just like, okay, I'm playing single player. I'm only at level five. How in the world am I supposed to jump for two whole levels to do this next level? Because they're like yeah. some of the armor I can't get until I jump to that two levels. Those two levels. And it was just like, there's no kind of side missions um, that you could do to help you level up. And it, it was just so repetitive on its level layout um, where you'll get to a point and they'll be like, your energy bar is restricted. So if, you know, if you die at a certain point in that fight, you have to restart that whole fight over and over. And I know this is a game that's supposed to be played with three people. It's supposed to be like a multiplayer. Um, there's a, that's, there, there's an expectations for that. But I'm just like, what about the person who don't have a lot of friends who have the game and you want to play single? And I felt like that I was being punished because I wasn't playing with other people. And that frustrated me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what frustrated me too, is like, you start this game, I feel like your campaign, and it's the same problem that I had with, uh, it's, it's a similar but different thing, like Metroid Prime Federation Force on 3DS. It's the yeah. same issue I had with that game, is if you're playing the campaign by yourself, the game should adjust to how many players are playing the game at the current time. Like Borderlands does a great job of allowing you to play the game by yourself. And depending on how many players you have in your party, it levels the game to, it adjusts the game to how many players you're playing with. And, you know, Metroid Prime Federation Force and Destiny are two examples of games that are clearly trying to push you to the multiplayer aspect of the game which is fine because which is fine because that's what those games are they're multiplayer experiences destiny is it doesn't matter what she is an mmo rpg designed like a first person shooter but the fact that you know games like final fantasy 14 online scales the campaign to how many players you're playing with and that is a very popular mmo World of Warcraft does the same thing. Bungie did not take that into account 
because I don't, I don't know if they just assumed everybody had two other people to play with or like, but when I play through a campaign of a game, I like to experience it by myself first. Yes. And then if there's a co-op mode, I will like say, Hey, do you want to play through this campaign again with me? Uh, there's some achievements or trophies I would like to get, or like, I want to play it on a harder difficulty. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, they don't do a great job of adjusting the game to, uh, you know, they don't do a great job of adjusting the game for a single player experience, which is one of my, which was one of my biggest issues. So, um, how do you feel? Okay. So in the blog, I feel <laughs> like the enemies are crack addicts because they're very, they're very bungee. Like they're all the AI is built from the halo engine. It's very clear. Like you go back and you study the AI from halo. I would say like Halo three and Halo reach uh-huh. are the two biggest ones because you can't, you can't really look at the original Xboxes. They had such a, uh, limited amount of Ram to work with and a very limited amount of memory to work with to adjust the AI to do different things. But you look at Halo three and reach specifically, and you watch the different races have different patterns. Like, the grunts would always like run away from you or they would always hide behind a tree. The elites would always shoot at you, roll away left or right and shoot at you again. Uh, you know, you look at the jackals who would always like hide behind their shields, shoot you three times, run away, stop, hide behind their shield, shoot you three more times. It is a very old, very bungee AI system. And, you know, it, I don't know if it's because like they had to make this game run on 360 and PS3 at first. Uh, I don't know if they just did go through and fix their engine, which mm-hmm. I knew they they adjusted a lot of the engine for their like open world stuff. But I don't know if they adjusted it for the AI stuff. But the AI in that game is very simple and very. I would almost use the term archaic. Because you you see this same AI in games that came out in 2007 and 2010. I mean, and like, if you want this AI to run on current gen, they need to be smarter. They need to be able to flank you. They need to be able to throw you off guard. And that's good enemy design to right. make the player feel smart when they're attacking a player and get through an encounter. Where, as in Destiny, you encounter a big mob of guys. You know, the dregs, like if you land on Earth... Uh, the the fallen are there. The dregs hide behind cover. They run away. They lead you to a point where there's a vandal, and the vandal is the leader. Uh, will be the leader of that small group, and you know, uh, it'll lead you into a big group of dregs and a vandal, and that's how you encounter the fallen. And it's very simple. Uh, it's very Halo, and like it or not, like it's it's kind of archaic. Well, for me, a lot of enemies just kept moving left to right. And it's just like, really? Like, what crack are you guys doing? Because it just felt like all, to me, it felt like all the enemies were designed the same to run left to right. So it'd be like, yeah. ta-da-da-da to the left, Hollywood shuffle to the right. And it's just like, really? And I gotta fight like 50 ways of these. I'm like, will this, like, sometimes when you, when you get to the restricted part, it felt like you were fighting this, this part for almost 20 minutes. And it just, and it kept happening over and over and over again. Like, even when they gave you the bike, you didn't even have no missions really with the bike to do any kind of shooting or anything. It just felt like, 
like it was i don't know it felt very floaty and it just didn't do nothing it was just like did you guys just copy and paste this game together and then threw it out and said said and thought that the money was gonna roll in because i'm just like and at first it did like people were expecting like i don't know if people were just sold on this on this empty promise or like people thought the game was gonna be something that it wasn't because like to me like in a very similar fashion to no man's sky like i feel like a lot of people had this game sold to them as something different including me and you know a lot of console people don't know how to look at an mmo uh because there aren't very many uh a lot of people like it it's it's just this very weird argument to have about this game because it's they want this game to be for fans of Halo, but they also want this game to be for fans of MMOs, and they stuck it on a console, and they're stuck using this old first-person AI that they've been using for, what, 15, 16 years uh-huh. at this point. And it's, it's just this weird amalgamation, but yet when you go and play a raid, you see like the potential for this game and how great, like the first time you run vault of glass, you see the potential for this game in that raid or, you know, the taken King is the taken King. The, the King's fall raid is probably the best experience in all of destiny. The raid is full of puzzles. It's full of cool bosses with cool mechanics to fight the bosses. Uh, they're not just, you know, uh, one, two, three, step by step AI. Uh, you know, you actually have to solve puzzles and work together as a team to solve these puzzles to then take down the bosses. It's not just shooting the bosses. Uh, you know, those are my favorite experiences, but there's not enough of that type of gameplay. Like, even if they, I wish they would take that structure and, you know, maybe the strikes wouldn't feel so repetitive as if they made the strikes little three player half hour raids as -hmm. opposed to I'm going to use the same chunk of this open world six or seven times, maybe make you run through it backwards, maybe take you into this small little area that's within this open world and you fight a boss at the end where you just shoot the boss. And like the, the uh, wrath and machine or the, what was in the last expansion called rise of iron and the rise of iron like they did a little bit of that where they added cool uh mechanics to the boss fights and the strikes and that's the kind of stuff i want to see from destiny moving forward like you know i don't know if i'm going to go back to destiny one because of all the cool things i'm hearing about destiny two the rumors the the some of the things that they're doing uh so unless there's some huge update, unless they update some of the raids, like I don't think I'm going to go back to Destiny One at all until, like, they confirm that some stuff is carrying over, and I want to make sure I have all the right stuff to carry over with me, uh, stuff like that. Well, I but, know, I I know for me, the only good thing I can say about Destiny was the melee weapon when you got the sword, like. That was kind of mm-hmm. like the only part that I enjoyed of the game because I'm like, oh, they changed it to gameplay. Oh, wow! And then it went back to that basic boring shooter, and I was just, I was, I, I was so happy that I did finish this game because I didn't want to be turned to it at all. 
Like, yeah, and a, and a lot of people felt that way. It's not. I mean, you're not the only one that feels that way. A lot of people felt that way, and a lot of people felt that way with the same time period that I felt that way. You know, they abandoned the game after two or three weeks, and it was like, wow, this game was not what I wanted. I I am very confused by a lot of things in this game, and like the Taken King really made a lot of that game feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, work better for a lot of people and that's when a lot of people jump back in i would argue the taken king they should have pushed destiny like they shouldn't have launched with what they had they should have launched with the taken king probably you know because uh how destiny started was uh there were three campaigns three like the first half of the campaign was different depending on what race you picked And you started on a different planet depending on what race you picked. And uh, the Taken King was supposed to be the second half of the original campaign. And this campaign was supposed to be like 10 to 12 hours long. It was supposed to teach you the mechanics, how the tower worked. Uh, It would send you to different places. And they ended up scrapping all that before this game was supposed to come out and delayed the game by a year. And that's what, and then Destiny, Vanilla Destiny is eventually what we got. And that's why people were disappointed, is because there was a lot that, to that game before it was supposed to release, and then they scrapped it. Okay, because no wonder that um, that even when I played the Taken King, it still felt short. It felt like only about two hours. And yeah, I- it's because it's the second half of a, the original campaign. Okay. <laughs> Cause it it was just so weird. I'm just like, oh no, did y'all really pay twenty bucks for or thirty or forty, whatever they was charging it when it came out? I'm like, did y'all really pay this for only like two hours? Like really? Like and I and see, I didn't do a lot of the strikes and I didn't do any of the raids. Um, so like that stuff, I am missing out. But I would, I was just like, what? Where is the fun in this game? Like, mm-hmm. like, still to this very day, like, I love Nolan, uh, Nolan, uh, Nolan North. I love his voice acting in this game. I know a lot of people who had to deal with Peter Dinkrich was just like, take him out the game. Why he, he's too drunk to be in this game. Like, I heard people had a lot of problems. But I, with Nolan North, I was just like, I would love for you to be in a Star Wars movie. I would love for you to voice a robot. Um, but yeah, the Taken King, I was just like, uh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and that's the version that I ended up getting. I didn't get the, uh, uh, the last one. Um, because each version that they brought out, uh, if you was getting the physical release, you was getting the whole game with that DLC. So they released, mm-hmm. uh, like you call it Vanilla Destiny. Um, think the wolf one was just a dlc they didn't do a physical copy of that uh, one. the dark below and uh house of wolves were just digital but if you bought the taken king the physical copy of taken king you got both those, of those yeah so yeah yeah um let's get on with the story can you tell me what it is because i i'm i don't know how drunk i was i was sober throughout the whole game but i felt drunk and i felt like i I don't know what the world is going on yeah i'm i'm gonna be quite honest with you i don't really know what's going on either uh a lot of the story 
takes place in the background of the of the game. Uh, a lot of the most interesting parts of the story take place outside of anything you do within the game, which I feel like is a big problem where you have to go on their website to read about their story. Uh-huh. It's the same. It's the same issue I had with Final Fantasy 15, where you had to watch the movie, watch the anime, watch you know, uh, you read some of the stuff they put out beforehand to get the backstory of the characters you're playing as in the game. And Destiny does the same thing, where you play through the game, and depending on certain tasks you do, you unlock these things called grimoire cards, which then you have to go on Bungie.net to read about what's happening in the story. And uh. So from for now, like what I see in the story is the tower is the last safe haven where uh, humans and and the awoken can feel safe. Uh, they feel protected, and there's sixteen to twenty towers uh, around the last city, which is where you're at. And the the last city is in Russia. Uh, the traveler and and the speaker are part of what we know as the light. And a lot of, a lot of people are speculating that they are actually, uh, the travel, uh, the speaker is actually the main villain of the entire destiny, whatever they're putting out next. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's, I mean, this, this part of the story is not fleshed out, but, uh, you know, there's lore behind Iron Banner, which is the big multiplayer thing every month. There's lore behind Trials of Osiris, which is the big uh, multiplayer thing every weekend. Uh, and, you know, the Iron Banner was formed, which is what Rise of Iron is all about, uh, to have a military for uh, the tower. And and uh, Lord Shax, which does the Crucible stuff, uh, broke rank, and that's how the Striker Titans were formed. And then there's there's all these little stories that are interesting that you can read about. And I li- listened to a great podcast, which I've been trying to get these guys on our show for a long time, uh, Ghost Stories, uh, which they go through the lore of all the Grimoire cards, and they go through and explain what's happening in the story. And this is actually how I know what's happening in destiny is because of that podcast. And it is a great podcast, uh, very long form. Some of the episodes can be up to three and a half hours long. Ooh. I'm trying to explain stuff. Uh, you know, my, the f- most fascinating thing I like about destiny is, uh, the, the, uh, Titan Saint 14, mm-hmm. which, uh, he was one of the original founders of the Defender Titans. Like Titans have three classes. The uh Defenders, which are the original class of Titan, the Striker, which is uh the more aggressive, let's go take the attack to them style Titan, uh, which is actually the class you start out with if you start out with a Titan, and uh Sunbreaker, which is um a myth until the Taken King expansion. Uh, and the story from Saint 14 is he, he was originally part of the Vanguard uh, commanders, which, you know, you go down into the tower and there's the, the warlock, the Titan and the hunter Vanguards. And Kate six is arguably the best of the three. Uh, he's so funny. Vo- voiced by Nathan Fillion. He's great. Yeah. Uh, especially in the Taken King story. 
Uh, let's see, where was I going? Um, and one of the uh, Vanguard champions was Osiris, which is what Trials of Osiris is based off of. He defects from the tower because he thinks some shady things are going on uh, with the speaker and what's going on in the tower, and he disagrees with the Vanguard, and he defects to Mercury. And they send Saint-14 to Mercury to find him, and the rumor is he's unlocking the power of the Sunbreaker. Uh, He harnesses the power of the sun, and that's where the hammer-throwing class comes from in Destiny, which is super fun to use. But uh, like that, what's happening in that story is way more interesting than what's happening in Rise of Iron, which is, oh, there's a virus on Earth and you need to go kill it. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Steva virus is like this this uh, universe-killing uh, virus and the, the Fallen, uh, which are a very technologically advanced race, uh, are hacking the virus to make themselves stronger, but in turn are just are going to kill what's on earth with this virus. And that's the whole point of rise of iron in the wrath of the machine. You fight uh, the fallen boss. Who's, who's controlling these, this small group of, of fallen and you destroy the SIVA virus. And that's it. Yeah. It's a bunch of garbage. And I got a cool auto rifle out of it. <laughs> the auto rifle is so cool. Okay. Uh, so, um, the ending. Um, of the originals of yeah. Destiny? Yeah. Uh, what, um, what ending? <laughs> uh, <laughs> question mark? Because <laughs> I was just yeah. like, is. Is this now like a unity? We all are together. We are family kind of ending. Because I'm just like, okay, am I doing a Capcom versus uh Marvel like fighter? Because that's how it looked when it printed. I'm just like, what the heck is this ending? And everybody at the tower, just this voiceover. It's just like, th- this doesn't make no sense. I know it's, I it's. I don't even know how to explain the ending of Vanilla Destiny. It's just like, I don't, he's talking about something that you didn't even experience in the game proper. Like most of it is explained through the Grimmar cards and some of it you experience towards the end, like what happens on Mars. Uh, But then you see the stranger who is one of the more compelling characters in the Destiny story Mm -hmm. And then after Vanilla Destiny, you don't see the stranger for the rest of Destiny 1. And, like, there's so many lingering questions from Destiny 1. Who is the stranger? Where is she? Why doesn't she have a ghost? Why doesn't she harness the light? Where's the queen? Did she die in the massive explosion that happened at the beginning of the Taken King? Is she still alive? Where's her brother? Her brother landed on Mars. Well, where is he? Why can't I find him? Why do I have to read the Grimoire cards to find it, out it, where he's at? Is the brother the emo-looking kind of guy? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, an interesting one. Uh, you know, the speaker says he's going to tell you all these things. 
how's come there's not another scene with the speaker after that fourth mission where he tells you he's going to tell you all these things uh you know how does a how can a ghost revive you like all these simple things that like i understand Bungie has these grand ideas and world building like they want to build this huge world and have all this lore within it but you need to give us something you need to connect stuff you need to start filling in the gaps of what you're telling us in the game and these grimoire cards should be the extra stuff the the game cannot be the extra stuff in your world building like the grimoire cards which are arguably the main story need to be the focus of the game like your game needs to to have missions based on these grimoire cards your story needs to have uh meaning and yes Destiny's story has no meaning. The only story that had any meaning was the Taken King. Like that was a get for, you know, having like a five or six mission story campaign, you know, it explains to you very well. Oryx is the king of the darkness. He's coming to destroy uh, the city. He's coming to take over the solar system. You need to go to his ship with your strike team and take him out. And, you know, as simple as that story is, it worked very well because it was a solid story at a beginning and an end. It had a major villain, which vanilla destiny does not have. Yes. It had a scary universe ending threat, which made you feel really good when you completed the story and you completed the raid. Like those are things that like that campaign was so good and the raid was so good. And the content that came with the taken King was so good. And then they took this huge back step with the Rise of Iron. Don't get me wrong. The Iron Banner and you know Lord Saladin and the Iron Lords is a very interesting story. But to waste an expansion on telling the story of these characters that you've been hearing about for two years, it's like it's not then tying it into this SIVA virus that can apparently destroy Earth is like I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's, I don't think that was a story worth telling. And I understand they had to put a story together in nine months because they delayed destiny two again. But at the same time, it's not a very compelling story to tell, especially when you don't flesh out any of the characters, like you flesh out Lord Saladin, but you don't tell us about, you know, any of the other lords i'm just like making sense of the story from the beginning because i'm just like i'm what am i what is my purpose who is the antagonist and what secret war or hidden agenda or like show me some kind of cutscene that leads me into all of this stuff so i can know or have a hint of what's going on because it's just like i land on the thing i do a mission and then i go to earth and guess i mean not earth i go to the tower and guess what that's it now i gotta answer questions and to pick up the next selection uh next mission and i could buy stuff it's just like what connection do i have i don't know none of these characters i don't have no kind of name like i have no relationship or connection you just placed me here and told me to go. And yeah, and, and I was just like, I, I 
I don't know what's going on. Like, you could Star Wars this intro if you need to and scroll up with words or something. Heck, at least I know what's going on in Ninja Gaiden for NES. <laughs> I don't know what the world is going in Destiny throughout the whole campaign. I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I, I was just so lost. And people could be, people could say that, well, you should have paid more attention. And I'm like, but it doesn't tell you anything. There's no connection for a story. You go in, you land on the, you land on the, on the, on the planet Earth. You go to the tower, go back to Earth, and you just start doing missions. And every time you get done with a mission, it times you out. You make your selections, and then you have a, then you gotta go back to Earth. I mean, you gotta go back to the tower, and it's back and forth and back and forth. And it's just like even when you turn whatever that you were supposed to do in, they there's no cutscene, there's no story mention or anything like. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so weird and it's just so dissatisfying to me. It's just like, what happened to your connections? Like, did you guys even write out a story? You know? And it's, and it's like, it's, it's kind of sad because Destiny overall, like, the gameplay is very solid. The, the way the game feels to play is very solid. Like, some of the, the mechanics throughout some of the, the later strikes and the raids are super cool and it's it didn't come together like i think a lot of people would like a lot of people wanted it to and it just became this jumbled mess of confusion and storytelling yeah. and confusion and and like initially like what this game actually is and like that's sad because this game has a lot going for it. It has a it, the 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 idea of an exotic weapon that has special perks that no other weapon has in the game is very cool. The fact that you know I can have this helmet, I can find like I was saying before, my favorite character in all of the Destiny lore, Saint Fourteen. I can wear his helmet and be the ultimate defender titan. I can create this bubble that shields my whole team uh from destruction and we can shoot out of it and like I can protect my team that way and when people come into the bubble instead of walking into the bubble and shooting us, they get uh you know, they have a confusion aura above them and they can't attack me when they're inside the bubble and like there's all these cool little things that you know, the game doesn't really teach you. You have to find out on your own. And that's that's the issue is like, okay, they need to go through and say, like, even if they don't explain each item individually, right? they need to go through and say like, okay, a legendary weapon is this. An exotic weapon is this. An exotic weapon can do one thing that all the legendary weapons cannot do. A legendary, or uh exotic piece of armor is this it can do certain things that legendary armor can't do and then you let the player explore what this piece of armor does and what this weapon does special yes so that's how you let the player play around with what they want to do and how they want to build their character so we're going to get to the last portion last part of this um this discussion um you read some of my blogs, right? That I wrote about the game. I read um, everything you write, Red. Um, 
were you uh were you kind of not hurt but were you did you understand why i because i know some of it i was trying to be a lot of it i was trying to be sarcastic i was being snarky and i was being shady uh for some of them but I just had such a dissatisfaction for this game because I, and I, and I was fair because I played through the whole game, um, single campaign. And I know you told me vanilla destiny is, you're not going to be happy with it, but stick with it and stuff. And I did stick with it. And I, I did my best to enjoy some of the, some of the stuff that it had to offer. Like I said, like when I got the melee weapon and like I could have did a whole mission with that like the melee part it felt like Darksiders it felt like a role playing game and I was just enjoying that but it was just like my fast the guns that shoot fast are less powerful than the guns that shoot slow and then the animation for it to re for these guns to reload takes forever and in, in my blogs, I was just like, uh, there was a day, some days I didn't play it. Some days I experienced it on what level I was playing. And it was just like, this is cop, so copy and paste. So were you, did you feel unhappy? Did you understand where I was coming from? Uh, did you not feel angry or anything? I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel angry for people having their opinions on games. Like, I mean, that's part of why I do what I started doing. What I do is I wanted that positive or constructive uh, discussion about games that we sometimes people don't like or don't understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, what everything that you said in your blogs is everything that people who don't understand what the game is going in or or want the game to be something else or expect the game to do certain things that it doesn't do it's basically what every new player to destiny feels like and it's basically like if you don't have it's it's to the point now where if you don't have a friend to guide you through the game and teach you these things like it's very hard for a one person to jump in and yes figure out what this game is and like I would never be mad at somebody for not understanding this game because that's what this game is. It is very hard to understand if you go in by yourself. And and, and I think that was like because I, I, one of the thing was just like I needed variety in this game, and I didn't get it. It just felt like everything felt the same. Like like I, I go do a linear path my energy get locked out i do a 15 minute fight times out i go back to the tower do whatever i need to do get a new mission and then go back to my destination and rinse repeat recycle and it was just like what happened to some variety in this game uh, and i know a lot of people be like well if you play borderlands it's all the same thing i was just like but in borderland if i finish finish a mission I could do another mission right away or I could go ahead and explore. Nothing ties me out after I'm done doing what I need to do. Which is exactly the big rumor for destiny Two is, is they're going to, instead of like, you can go back to the tower to turn stuff in and Mm -hmm. do stuff in the tower. 
but they're going to have huge open worlds like Borderlands does where there's a town you can turn in your quest setting, pick another one up right away. There's going to be bounty boards on the planets to where you can do certain bounties on the planets every day. There's going to be certain missions that will advance the story on that planet. Uh, you know, this similar, like I feel like they're taking a lot of notes from a, what was, what people felt was wrong with destiny one. Yes. And a lot of notes from other uh, first person shooter RPGs that do it well, like borderlands borderlands does a lot of good things within the world that you're playing in. Now that's, I'm not trying to say Borderlands and Destiny should be the same game because they're not, and I don't really want them to be. I want Borderlands to be Borderlands and Destiny to be Destiny. But there's something that Destiny can learn from Borderlands, which is make a world that is dense, make a world that has characters on it that you can do stuff for, similar to other RPGs. And and that's something that Borderlands does very well. And and make make it feel like if a person who was doing the single player make them feel entertained and they can enjoy that experience you know because because every time i talk to people even besides you Corey, uh when i talk to other people about destiny they're just like you have to play the game with other people why it well the game was designed that way no the game shouldn't have have the game shouldn't have that design in it that that shouldn't be the focus your ex a game sometimes shouldn't have an expectation to think that you're going to have multiple play uh multiple people playing on this game look what happened to evolve they expected that you, a lot of people were going to be able to be a monster and three other people and they were, were going to enjoy the game but that game had problems it didn't have enough monsters it didn't have enough maps and you was pretty much doing the same thing over and over so the the enjoyment of that didn't last past maybe 45 minutes or an hour and you spent 60 dollars on this game and that's kind of how i felt about destiny it's just like even though i paid 20 bucks for it um it just didn't feel like i'm i'm getting killed and a lot of energy taken off because i'm playing this as a single player i'm being punished in this game with this difficulty because i'm being a single player whereas whereas in 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 borderlands if i play that game as a single player yeah that could yeah you know it could have some challenge but I could still continue to pick off where I left off with that enemy. And all that enemy has is that full full amount of uh, energy. Now, I, I could f- see if I could find some weapons, use some different strategies. But I have attributes that could also help me get more powerful. Um, so I, I have that added to me. Like, why even have equipment and Destiny to level up? And then I have to sell it or get rid of it and get and level up the new equipment. Like, why? It just doesn't make no sense. Yeah. And that's and that's like one of the issues that people have is like, yeah, the hardcore, the hardcore will keep five, six, seven weapons in each inventory slot. But for me, there's like two or three weapons that I like to use. And I'm, I'm not going to be like, okay... I need to be the best at the multiplayer meta. So I need to have, uh, you know, uh, the, the gosh, what's the big weapon everybody wants right now? Uh, the clever dragon. I don't need to grind 50 hours of iron banner the week it comes to 
uh, comes to say like, oh, I got five clever dragons. Which ones do, which two do I need to keep for specific game types? Uh, I don't need to grind the Omnigal strike 50 times to maybe get it grasp from a lock because this rate of fire and this perk go well together and these two don't. Like, I'm not going to get into that because that's when this game becomes tedious and, you know, that's when the hardcore of the hardcore start getting into it and that's when, like, right. that game, for me at least, stops becoming fun. And and that's part of the reason why I stopped playing Destiny is because 99% of the people I was I was playing with, A, were trying to grind for these weapons and they needed my help and like, you know, there's a very specific way you get these weapons and you need people to help you. And, you know, I don't really enjoy competitive multiplayer all that much. Uh, so, like, that was unbeneficial to me as a player. Uh, I prefer the PvE stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't like Prison of Elders. I think Prison of Elders is great. It's basically a horde mode where it's a fun way to level up. There's a cool boss at the end of each round. Uh, you get cool weapons. You have the chance of that exotic at the end. And that's a fun way for me personally to level up. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a cool thing to do outside of, because a lot of people don't have six friends to go do a raid with. And that's yeah. another problem is like, I don't want to have to use LFG to play with a bunch of whiny 15 year old douchebags. Sorry. No. That okay. are going to make fun of you know, my mom, if I die at this part of the raid, like I don't, I feel bad for people who don't get to experience the raid with friends because those are arguably the best parts of the game. And Bungie even came out and said only 9% of the player base has completed a raid, not raid every weekend and finish it with a group of friends, the player base and that's a problem. If this is the main part of the game that you're selling to people, like outside that campaign, that's a problem. A big problem, yeah. And like that's where you're getting most of your story from is this raid. Like a lot of the Taken King story, the way that story ends, you have to finish the raid to c complete that story. And and for me personally, it shouldn't have to be that way. Yeah, and that I I am I totally agree with you. It does not need to be that way. Yeah. So, um anything else, Corey? So, um uh I I think I gave this I I think I gave it 2. Point, uh, not 2. Point, I think I gave it 2 out of 5 Yoshi coins or 3 out of 5 Yoshi coins. I have to go back and check. Um but uh, what would you rate this game? Like now, after you played everything, you had time to think about it. Uh, like what? Which I don't know how you do your own rating system, but whatever rating system that you want to do, I go by Yoshi coins when I do my rating systems. Um, how would you rate this game overall? And do you think people need to play Destiny? Uh, it's it it's it's hard to say because like. I I think as an overall game experience after the thousand hours I've put into this game uh, I honestly don't think the single player campaigns or anything you do single player is is very well designed. I think the strikes are fun. 
but they're very repetitive. I think they need to do a better job of getting more strikes out there. Like I know game development is super hard and they're focused on what's coming next instead of the players now for most of the team. Uh, I would probably give Destiny as an overall game as much as I have enjoyed my time with it, as much as I enjoy playing with friends and the things that I've learned outside of Destiny, Destiny's story, like like the the Saint Fourteen story or the uh, Iron Banner story, the the uh, like the the different wars that happen before the game takes place, uh, the history of the ghosts and where they come from. Like those things are all cool, and I, I will definitely be picking up Destiny Two when it comes out because I like I enjoy being in that world. But in terms of sheer game design and the the lack of showing people how to play the game when they first put it in their console, what all these different things do, I mean, I would give Destiny probably a seven out of ten as an overall game. Okay, and like it's the same thing that I had with with the Division, like. This game is very cool, and that single-player experience, it's... <laughs> Actually, The Division has the opposite problem of what Destiny had. That single-player experience is amazing. Yes. It's one of the best single-player games I played last year. But the end game, the Dark Zone, the multiplayer, the PvE versus PvP element, which in theory sounds cool, like your friends can turn on you at any point. And, like, you don't know if that person across the alleyway is going to attack you or not to steal your loot. Like, all that stuff. Like, the Division has the opposite problem in Destiny, where that single-player experience and the collectibles and each mission being that, quote, Ubisoft tower that you need to take down, and you go find the collectibles afterwards, and you do these side missions. And, and like, I actually really enjoyed my time with the Division, even though, like, the side missions were very very repetitive and like yeah. the more i think about it the more i actually want to go but back at and least, play the division. but you know at least but it, those side missions help you gain experience you know yeah and at least it offers some stuff and you know going around learning some some of the people backstory like you got a better understanding in the division that you did in destiny yeah and so you know those are just like some of the things that i i have issues with this destiny but like i also have seven or eight friends that i can play the raids with which are my favorite parts of the game i also have friends that i can do strikes with and like it's a good social game for me for if i want to hang out with friends and we need to do something like they did a very good job of implementing there's this book that gives you a bunch of tasks that's kind of like destiny's own achievement book where like it gives you this tasks of things like complete all the missions on heroic difficulty uh you know collect the certain uh siva clusters uh you know beat the raid like this it gives you different challenges on top of the challenge of the raid like that that was a step in the right direction mm-hmm. but they need to focus on that and really getting that single player element right okay Anything that you else did that you have for the show that you want to discuss that you had on your mind or um would you like to plug anything like or do you have any questions for me or anything? I uh how excited are you for uh everything Nintendo coming out? Really? Oh, I have to buy everything. <laughs> I'll just let you know right now. I have to buy everything. Uh, yeah, like, I'm 
I mean, I'm on a huge Nintendo kick right now. I mean, I, we talk about it all the time on Pal Block and and even in our Facebook chat, like <laughs> every five seconds. You see this? You see the amiibo? You see the game? <sighs> Switch? And like I, my pre-order list keeps getting longer because I just pre-ordered the Pucci amiibo to go with my Yarn Yoshi's. I pre-ordered the Fire Emblem amiibo that are coming with uh, Echoes in May. I'm, uh, I wonder if if my job is getting the uh, pack with the Poochie in and with the mm-hmm. gang. I wonder if they're getting that because if it is, I have to buy that version. Yeah, and and you know it's uh, it's a good time to be a Nintendo fan. Not the best time to be a Destiny fan. Uh, you know, I I just I'm I'm obsessed with what's happening in the world of Nintendo right now. So. Yay! so happy uh, and, 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 and i know i get a lot of people call me a nintendo fan and i get on sony and microsoft but i, I am looking for game for for games like that for that but i know for the rest of the year that everything that nintendo or whatsoever comes on switch i have to buy like that some of that is just guaranteed buy whether i like it or not as for sony and microsoft i just i still don't know like after after Persona Five and after Cuphead, I don't know what to expect, like what to look forward to. So yeah, but Corey, go ahead and plug. Oh jeez, okay. So you can find me on Twitter at Corey Hudson and HD. You can find me on Instagram at Corey and HD. You can find me and Ed on DNA Power Block, which is now on iTunes. Yes. Uh, you can find uh, DNA's flagship podcast, NGR Radio, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, Ed's a periodic guest on there. Uh, you know, it's hosted by me and Matthew Keel. Uh, you can find all of our content on dnanetwork.net. Uh, and uh, there's a couple more projects. So if you want to figure out what they are, you can come follow me, and uh, Ed will probably be right behind me yes. doing something. So. Uh, and you can find us at uh, uh, the Digital Nerds Advocate Facebook page, DNA Facebook. I think that's the... Uh, the DNA Network Community page. Community Facebook.com slash group slash the DNA Network Community. Yes. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right. Yes. Uh, come join us. Uh, like Corey said, uh, Nintendo Power Block us on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, we discuss some Nintendo stuff and have a great, great, great discussion, uh, about it. You know, Switch is the hottest thing. Uh, we kind of had like Monday, like a two hour talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that was a long discussion, but it was so good. Um, and we'll have a new episode this, um, this Friday so you guys could check it out. Um, but everybody, um, you can follow me on Twitter at that retro code. You can hear more of optional opinion at the nominous radio network dot com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Um, you can email this show at my op, uh, my op two comment at yahoo.com, NYOP, the number two, C O M M E N T at yahoo.com. I want to hear what you guys think about, uh, Destiny. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, uh, if you don't care about our opinions <laughs> and some of our options, uh, I want to hear from you guys on what you think. Um, you can find me on, uh, uh, 
uh, I already did my Twitter uh, at that retro code. Um, and you can find uh, me on PSN as Okamiko, um, Xbox One as the Lyrical One, and on my Wii U as Optional Opinion. Uh, so thank you guys. Have a great week. Have a great weekend whenever you're hearing this. And Corey, I hope you do come back on. I would love to have you back on for E3. Or if you feel like there's, if you feel like you have a topic that you really want to talk about, and you can't well, you know, you know, when I need to come back is when Switch comes out. Oh yes, so we can discuss it because, like, I know, like, you're kind of on the fence about it right now. Like, you're gonna get one eventually. I know, yeah. That, but like, I know you're gonna play Zelda on Wii U initially, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of want to talk Zelda and like the Switch and and all the cool things. Cause, oh like, yes. My my, I mean, like my switch pre-order. I mean, look at this, look at this thing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's so. ridiculous. Like you're like you're an exclusive guest, and and everybody, I am going by. I'm just not buying it right away. That's that's what he means more more so as on the fence. Um, as I hit my microphone, um, but I am going to get that. Um, and with that, everybody, we are out. Any last words, Corey? Nope. See ya. See you <laughs> next time. Yeah. (laughs) And we are out. Peace.